Our scripture for today comes from the Gospel of John, chapter 21, verses 1 through 19. Let us hear God's word to us. Afterward, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee. It happened this way. Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Canaan, Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish, Simon Peter told them. And they said, we'll go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. And when they did, they were unable to to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off, and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore, about a hundred yards. When they landed, they saw a fire of burning coals there with fish on it and some bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have just caught. So Simon Peter climbed back into the boat and dragged the net ashore. It was full of large fish, 153, but even with so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples dared ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came, took the bread, and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lamb. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt. Because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. The word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks Thanks be to God. There is a lot of powerful stuff in this story. Three times Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Once for each time Peter had denied Jesus the night of his arrest. Once for each, you are mistaken, I do not know the man. Once, for the final time, when Peter swore an oath, I do not know him. Three times, Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? And three times, Jesus tells him, feed my sheep. Peter, feed my sheep. 
enough this command from Jesus. Except, except what about when people don't want to eat? This verse is powerful. It's touching, almost haunting, and how vulnerable Jesus is being. Please, Peter, feed my sheep. Care for the ones I love while I can't be here. A sacred duty that is yours and that is now ours. Feed my sheep. What about when people don't want to eat? I've been talking with other parents in our congregation about a phenomenon. We've received different advice from different parents, but everyone has understood. Everyone has been there, has wrestled, has struggled, has wondered, has screamed to the heavens in confusion. We don't know how it infiltrated our house. We didn't introduce it. But one day, our daughter came home from school talking about wanting what her friend had at lunch. I asked what it was, and I heard about the ham and cheese. I thought this was awesome. Pan, cheese, crackers, throw in an apple, put in a cookie. Fine. Lunch is simple. Lunch is handled. So the next day she comes back, she ate maybe a cracker and none of the ham and tells me, that's not it. Yes, it is. That is ham and cheese. I don't understand. And she goes, it's the wrong ham and cheese. No, no, this is the same ham and cheese we've always had in this house. This is the ham and cheese. She goes on to say, yes, but it's not the one she wants for lunch. She wants the other one. Which one, I ask. And she responds with the yellow one. So I get on Google and we do a search for yellow lunch ham and cheese. And I watch her scroll past these delicious-looking gourmet sandwiches, croissants, melt, I'm getting hungry, and then she starts yelling at the top of her lungs, Yahoo! Yahoo! And jumping around, clicks, passes the phone over, a lunchable. (laughs) I am talking about the lunchable. Bright yellow packaging with popping red letters and parts of the plastic are clear so you can see inside, see the food, pepperoni, pizza, extra cheesy pizza, ham and cheese with crackers, nachos, the lunch bowl. She had turned down my good cheese, my extra buttery crackers, the nice ham I use in my sandwiches, left them uneaten in her lunchbox because they paled in comparison to the vision in her head, the promised land of the Lunchables. (laughs) Here's what gets me about Lunchables. They don't taste good. It's nasty food. You look at the ingredients, and okay, the ham says it's Oscar Mayer, the cheese even says it's Kraft, but the slice is this big. It's this big, and you're supposed to eat that and get full. And then inside the package is this awful, off-brand, cardboard-looking cracker. I don't get it. But when you look at the Lunchables, that ham and cheese one is the best one. Cold dough marinara sauce sprinkled with cheese. That is not pizza. (laughs) That is not pizza. That is a mistake. But you see, she gets really excited about it, so excited about this smaller serving, this <laughs> inferior serving of food. I looked into the Lunchable business. 
And I read the back of the turkey lunchable ingredient list. And let me just tell you what it said. The turkey includes added water, potassium lactate, modified cornstarch, salt, dextrose, sodium phosphate, sodium diacetate, sodium ascorbate, sodium nitrite, natural and artificial flavor, and smoke flavor. Unless you're a chemist, you don't even know what it is. And yet, she still yells with glee when there is one for lunch. I began to wonder how this could possibly be the same child that I need to poke and prod at home to eat, the one I literally have to bribe to eat vegetables, food that is necessary for our bodies to operate well. This, this package right here, this gives you over-the-moon excitement, this water turkey. <laughs> Here's what I'm saying to you. The Lunchable has figured something out. They have figured out a way to get children to eat. They took cold marinara sauce and dough and made it exciting. They found a way to get kids to eat and not just be pumped about it, but brag about it. How? What is it about the Lunchable? First of all, they cheat. They cut out the veggies our bodies need but that kids don't like. They pump everything full of salt because salt is addictive. More, please. They add some sugar. They add in more fat. All the good stuff, they cheat. Second, and this is huge for parents, they make it convenient. Grab and go a ready-made meal with no preparation. And it's cheap. It's cheap. A dollar for a Lunchable. If you doubt that convenience matters, ask me after the service. It works. <laughs> How do the Lunchables do it? They cheat and they make it convenient. I'll admit I use the Lunchable and I'm not happy about it. I fought it for weeks. I fought it with her for weeks. But now maybe a couple times a week in my daughter's lunch, there is in fact a Lunchable. But that also means that I know that though my daughter is getting calories, she's not getting any nutrition at lunch. It's a compromise. The Lunchable has a cost, a convenience. It's cheap. It has an appeal. But it also gives calories without nutritional content. You see, when Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep, he didn't just mean physically. He meant spiritually. Spiritually, feed my sheep. Trying to fulfill this mission to feed the spiritually hungry, the church has run into the same problem as so many young parents. People want the Lunchable. They come in and ask, do you have the yellow packaged one? And we're tempted to say, we, we don't, but we can get it. When we're figuring out our faith, we are tempted to find the easiest, most convenient option. We're tempted to cheat and make it convenient. Of course we are. Just remove the vegetables. What'll it matter? There are churches that remove the confession of sin from their service because it makes people uncomfortable. Some people might not come back if they have to verbalize their sins. But First John says that God will forgive us our sins if we confess them. And James says that God will lift us up if the 
we humble ourselves and confess. We can't just remove confession because people don't like it. It's cheating, cutting the veggies. Just leave the tasty stuff. And we know, we know this has happened to the Christian life on a much larger scale. The expectations have been scaled back and scaled back again, stripping away whatever pieces we might not like, scaled back. And so we can treat being a Christian as picking whichever pieces of the church, whichever pieces of the faith, whichever pieces of the Bible we like, and just do those. Kids don't eat celery, so skip it. People don't like to serve their neighbor, let's make it optional. People don't like to forgive, so let's just talk about being forgiven. We don't have time to study God or to pray. We don't like some of the fruits of the Spirit, so pick the ones you do like. We don't want to give our time or our money, so that all becomes optional. Which they are. They are, but in the same way that eating vegetables are optional, we don't have to eat them. Nobody can make us eat them, but none of that changes that our bodies need them. Jesus says, if you love me, feed my sheep. The if you love me bit, it's because people won't always like it. As a church, as Christians, we must eat our vegetables. And the harder part is we have to call others to eat their vegetables too. Because we love them, we're willing to do the hard things. There are more solutions than just the Lunchable solution. When my husband first became a vegetarian, he didn't really think about what he was doing. He did it on his hair. Fourteen laters, he's still a vegetarian. But when he started, he started by eating cereal, baked potatoes, macaroni and cheese, started losing a lot of weight, started literally losing his hair because he wasn't getting enough protein. Then he had this epiphany while he was in college. He could cook, replace it with quinoa and lentils and rice, cook vegetables so that they taste delicious. He could cook. <coughs> Maybe some of us finding, find ourselves feeling much like my husband did, like our spiritual lives have become so bland that we couldn't possibly eat another thing. So come talk to us. Let us help you find a way to arrange and organize your spiritual life so being spiritually fed is rich and fruitful as God intended it to be. Because the church of the lunchable will not fill you. It won't sustain you. It's not the bread of life. It's water turkey with an off-brand cracker. It's cheese. Feed my sheep, feed my sheep. To do that, we can either cheat, that's the lunchable option, or we can cook. The second temptation, of course, with the lunchable is that it's convenient. And I thought about this one for a long time, how the church is tempted to do this, how I am tempted to do this. And I think, quite frankly, we lunchable church. We lunchable church. We make it cheap, we make it convenient, we make it easy by thinking Sunday worship is a complete spiritual life. If you look at Lunchables, they almost always advertise how much protein they have on the front of the package. And so protein is the only important part of a child's diet. Forget everything else. This pizza has 12 grams of protein. So the church will advertise its Sunday service, how amazing, how uplifting, but life is seven days a week. 
Being a Christian is seven days a week. A devotional life is seven days a week. So the church can say, here is Sunday worship, tons of protein offered, and we'll leave the whole thing. But at what cost to you? At what cost to us? What do we lose when our spiritual lives become just Sunday morning? Becomes not enough calories. You see, the only reason Lunchables work in my daughter's life is because they're part of a greater diet. Because she eats an apple with it as well, and she comes home starving and eats an entirely second lunch at home. Because she eats dinner before she goes to bed and gets up in the morning and has a full breakfast. She gets her nutrition because I supplement the Lunchables. We don't get spiritually fed and supplemented by work or by sports or by school, not by relationships, not by family. They cannot replace the spiritual supplement that is God. There is no replacement. We're either being filled by God or that spiritual need we have is not being filled. That's it. How often do we try to survive on the convenient option of church once a week because we're busy, because we forget, because the church doesn't mean anything to us anymore? Following Christ is a daily task. Praying is a daily task. We thank God for our blessings daily, seek wisdom and guidance daily, serve our neighbor daily. It is consistent obedience. You can't water a plant once a month and hope it'll grow. And you certainly cannot eat a Lunchable or even an incredible feast once a week and expect to be healthy and full of energy. Lunchable Church. The Church of the Lunchable. Cheap and convenient. My sense is that we're not interested in that kind of church. When Jesus says, feed my sheep, he meant turkey, not water turkey. He meant the gospel, not the church of the Lunchables. Feed my sheep is to feed all God's people with the depth of God's love and the hard truth that forgiveness might come at a cost, but it is required. Feed my sheep is to feed the people of God with the full extent of the gospel that includes sacrifice and discipline and confession. When did the church, when did the church become the church of the lunchable? Fast, cheap, and convenient. Do you know the most interesting thing about lunchables? The man who invented it will not let his kids eat them. <laughs> In his words, they are too unhealthy. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. It will not be cheap. It will not be convenient. Because the bread of life and the cup of salvation, this meal right here, this meal cost Christ everything. So maybe, just maybe, that means that it might cost us everything, too. Let us pray. Lord, we
we come to your table and we ask that you would fill us. Lord God, fill us with depth, with love and peace and patience and comfort and all these things that surpass all understanding. Lord God, that we would dig in our heels into a faith that is rich and fruitful, that from it would come joy, that from it would come excitement. Lord God, we don't want a lunchable church. We do not want a church that just rides the surface and fails to dig our heels in deep into what you have to offer. Open our hearts and our minds that we might be open to the fullness and the extent of your gospel. We pray this in your name.